Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Few things are more devastating than a loved one that's gone missing. From Wondery, The Vanished is a podcast where host Marissa Jones tells stories of missing persons that have gone overlooked. She seeks out the real story from friends and family, hoping to help them find their loved ones or at least a sense of peace. Listen to The Vanished podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. This is the true story of a love triangle between a hard-working Greek immigrant named Costa, his successful wife Lisa, and a sultry young barmaid named Deirdre who comes between them. She was just Miss Sex. It's a tale of power, seduction, and greed. He's driving a BMW, he's got a gold watch. He lives in a big mansion on the river. That's power, man. And she's part of that power. With an explosive ending. He grabbed a weapon he kept by his bedside and started shooting. Beware, extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. Attracting thousands of visitors every year, Daytona Beach, Florida draws vacationing families and motorsports fans from around the country. Someone years ago named it the world's most famous beach, and indeed that it's his main attraction. This prime holiday destination is home to a thriving Greek-American community, including businesswoman Lisa Fotopoulos. Lisa and her family own properties on the boardwalk, and they managed the arcades, the snack bars, the gift shops, and they did very well. They were in the upper echelon scale of the Daytona Beach families. Lisa is the crown jewel of her family. Lisa was educated. She was any Greek man's prize catch. In 1989, she chooses her future husband from a long list of suitors. His name is Costa Fotopoulos. I think for Lisa, the attraction was, here's a good Greek boy that comes from a nice family. Costa was a fine-looking man. He was so in love with Lisa and in awe of what she had and what she was that he was probably amazed that this woman would choose me when she could have anybody. Before meeting Lisa, Costa was waiting tables. But he's determined to rise in the world 
and marrying the successful entrepreneur is just the beginning. When he married into Lisa's family, he wanted to become part of the social elite. And he was given all the accoutrements of a family that had success. But all of that flowed through Lisa. Costa desperately wants a place of his own. But with no money, he reluctantly accepts help from Lisa's family. And in the summer of 1989, opens a hot new business on the Daytona boardwalk. Supposedly his uncle owned a building on the boardwalk where we could open up a pool hall. And we all invested, I think at that time, it was like $5,000 each, and we opened it up. Costa calls the place Top Shots. I think Costa wanted to prove to everyone that he could do it on his own. Top Shots was going to be his own baby. By day, the boardwalk has a fun family vibe. But the night brings in a very different crowd. It was a little like a magnet for the worst of the worst. Top Shots was the, uh, I would say, the hub for the transient and for the seedy type of people to congregate. Being the owner of a pool hall makes Costa a VIP among the boardwalk lowlifes, and he makes sure it stays that way. He would hire only people that were subservient to him. You're talking about 16, 17, 18, 19 year old kids, and you got a 30 year old so called professional man. And he almost operates like some kind of Greek mafia. He has that kind of macho, underground mentality about him. Costa's new business may have had financial help from Lisa and her family. But despite that, it's the first time in his life he's had something that feels like his own. Costa really had a need to create his own independence, but have his own freedom where he could do what he wanted. Among the waifs and strays he's got working in the pool hall, one in particular catches Costa's eye. Costa came into the club, and he said, uh, Tony, who is that? And I said, that's the new girl I hired. He said, she is beautiful. She's the prettiest girl I've ever seen. He just he fell head over heels for her right then. This gorgeous young woman is about to turn Costa's life upside down. Her name is Deirdre Hunt. Deirdre is a sexy person. And you know, you can be around people who just exude sexuality. She was just missexed. She used her sexuality to find her way with men, with jobs. Deirdre isn't just easy on the eyes. She's also good for Costa's wallet. She is the center of attention. She's drawing men in, drawing money in. Costa loves that. He's in business to make money. She's part of a draw. She's vivacious, she's colorful, she's friendly, and uh, there's a certain darkness to her also that is alluring to that type of man. Deirdre's dark side hints at a deeply troubled past. I think the background of this young woman was came from a difficult home. No doubt that she did not have the best of, of times as a child. She got in trouble at one point for shooting someone. She was using drugs. She learned life on the streets very early, so even at 19, she was very street smart about the world. That toughness, combined with her striking looks, earned Deirdre a loyal following among the young men who hang out at the rowdy pool hall, and she looks out for them in return. You'd get all the transients in. They never had a leader of that gang until Deirdre came into the picture. As Top Shot's wild reputation spreads, 
its crowd of shady regulars swells. It starts to attract the kind of hangers-on there that are kids who've been in trouble, kids who've just shown up in Daytona Beach. And Costa's wife, Lisa, is not happy. She hated the place. She detested it. She thought it was filthy. She thought it was crime-ridden. But what she really can't stand is the effect it's having on her husband. I don't think Lisa was happy for her husband to run a bar. Think about it. You're working all day long, and yet your husband is going to close a bar at 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm sure she had her concerns and her suspicions, you know, what's going on in this bar. What's really going on would confirm her worst fears. The attraction between the pool hall owner and the sexy barmaid is becoming irresistible. Well, the chemistry seemed to be instantaneous. He was attracted to her because she was everything his wife was not. She was something forbidden. Eventually, the temptation proves too much, and Costa kisses Deirdre for the first time. He told me she just mesmerized him. Now, whatever I take, mesmerize however you want to. Sexual, physical, I don't know. For Deidre, it's about success. And who's the top of the heap? The boss, the owner, the wealthy man in this bar world. She thought he was this millionaire, and I think she just jumped on that hook, line, and sinker. <sighs> A few nights later, in September 1989, Costa goes back to her apartment. And for the first time, the pair make love. Deirdre is full of passion and desire, something Costa feels he's not getting at home. Deidre had no limits. She had no restrictions. I'm sure that she would do anything for Costa, basically be at his beck and call, whatever sexual appetite he may have had. I think that's what attracted Costa. He finally found someone who would just say, yes, yes, yes. When it came to Deidre's sexual prowess, uh, there were no inhibitions whatsoever with this girl, whether it be with me, you, anybody, male, female, young, older, didn't matter. Uh, she was always willing and able and ready to go. Costa sees her as the sexual goddess. That pleases his need to be sexual and connected in a sexual way. And she was a person looking for connection. And he knew that he could basically control her. In private, Deirdre is able to satisfy Costa's every sexual need. But at home, Costa's absence is setting off alarm bells for Lisa. She could sense he was trying to pull away or he was trying to do something behind her back. Lisa finds her husband, Costa, now getting more and more sucked into this seedy bar world. He's now creating his own world, and it doesn't seem to include his wife. Lisa's frustration only drives Costa to spend more time at the pool hall. But he isn't getting everything his own way there either. At work, he is powerless to say anything, as his new lover uses her feminine wiles to get tips from the pool hall patrons. Deidre was the, the queen manipulator. She knew how to play people. She took advantage of her assets, and she maximized them. And she would parlay herself into any position where she comes out on top. But Costa is convinced 
Deirdre's doing a lot more than just her job. Costa became insanely jealous of Deirdre. He would ask me questions, well, did you hear that so-and-so uh, chased her? Did you hear so-and-so had sex with her? Before long, Costa's obsession with Deirdre will draw him, his wife, and his lover into an evil web of betrayal and murder. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Few things are more devastating than a loved one that's gone missing. From Wondery, The Vanished is a podcast where host Marissa Jones tells stories of missing persons that have gone overlooked. She seeks out the real story from friends and family, hoping to help them find their loved ones or at least a sense of peace. Listen to The Vanished podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for your year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like, are you an overbuyer or an underbuyer, a morning person or a night person, abundance lover or simplicity lover? And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Costa Fotopoulos is having an obsessive affair with a dangerous 20-year-old beauty named Deirdre. The fact that he's a married man and the fact that they're doing this behind Lisa's back doesn't seem to stop them. They go off on their sprees, they're cheating, they're hiding, you know, having sex wherever they can. Costa's wife, Lisa, is busy running her own business and knows nothing of her husband's extracurricular activities but something about his life at the pool hall doesn't sit right with her. 
Meanwhile, Costa focuses more and more of his attention on Deirdre. He feels threatened by the way other men at the pool hall look at her, so he finds every opportunity to show off his status and wealth. Costa's got money. Costa is going to give her gifts. Now he's driving a BMW. He's got a gold watch. He lives in a big mansion on the river. That's power, man. And she's part of that power. Deirdre rewards Costa's attention by making herself available to him 24-7. She's there for his beck and call anytime, day or night, that he wants her. Costa would go there and have sex with Deirdre every morning before he'd even go to Top Shots. She fuels Costa's desire by encouraging him to take raunchy photographs of her. You have your dirty girl who you can act out your pornographic fantasies with. And Deirdre was a way to almost appeal to his dark side. The couple can't keep their hands off each other, making it impossible to keep their affair secret. Everyone that came into Top Shots knew that Deirdre and Costa were a couple. If they did not know they weren't in there five minutes, they would know. You know, when a man and woman walk into a back room of a bar and come out disheveled and looking like they've just done something, it doesn't take a genius to know that that's human nature and what was going on in the back room. And that was happening over and over again. Costa wants every man at the pool hall to know that the sexy waitress belongs to him. Everything that Costa did was for his ego. It was all Costa, Costa, Costa. He even passes around his private stash of bedroom photos to prove his point. When he would show the nude pictures of Dietrich, it was more of a bragging right. Look at me, and look at the body, and look at this, and what do you got? He puts what he is in everybody's face. He's a real narcissist that way. He creates a feeling of dislike in the personalities who he finds himself surrounded by. But by bragging about the affair, Costa risks words spreading beyond the walls of the pool hall. And sure enough, a month into the affair, news of Costa's behavior reaches his wife, Lisa. This proud Greek wife is not going to stand for that. One night, Costa is working at the pool hall when he gets an unexpected visitor. I think Elisa probably lost a little bit of control with regards to what was going on in his daily affairs and nightly affairs. Lisa makes her presence known. She's still the wife of Costa Fotopoulos, and she wants these pool hall floaters to take note. And one definitely does. Deirdre started chatting Lisa up, asking her about her purse. Is that a real Gucci? And are you filthy rich? Obviously, uh, a little bit in awe of Lisa. She had no qualms about going up to the woman that she was cheating with her husband and just talking it up as if nothing was happening. Deirdre clearly lusts after Lisa's lavish lifestyle. I'm sure that when Deidre Hunt met Costa and knew of his marriage to Lisa, I'm sure she wanted to replace her. I think she was very jealous, and she said, I'm younger, I'm more sexually permissive. I can take him from her. The two women have sized each other up, and both know the other poses a serious threat. An undeclared war between them 
is about to begin. Lisa's determined to find out exactly what's going on. She began to, as she would say, watch him like a hawk. When he went out, she followed him. The more she sees, the more her suspicions are confirmed. She started doing some surveillance on him, and sure enough, she saw him at uh, the apartment where Deidre stayed. She puts two and two together and figures out, oh, this is why my husband's spending so much time in the seedy bar. He wants to be with his seedy girlfriend. I know it now. Lisa has no interest in being part of a sordid love triangle, and she's about to lay down the law with her husband. On October 26th, she confronts him about his relationship with Deirdre. Well, no, of course, why would I ever do that? She is nothing, she's a nobody, she's a little road tramp. I think Costa was a pathological liar, a narcissist. I believe he lied so much that he really, really believed his lies. His lips were moving, he was lying. She reminds Costa about her family's stake in the pool hall and what will happen if he's having an affair. She made it known to him, if I ever see you cheating, if I ever find out you're cheating on me, you're out. You get nothing. And if Lisa cut that off, Costa had no money, no job, no position, no anything. With everything else to lose, Costa swears he's telling the truth. Costa is desperate to convince Lisa that he is not having an affair with Deidre, and he needs to get his marriage back on track. Lisa tells her husband to do something that will have fateful consequences for them both. She went and made a demand to Costa to fire Deidre, get rid of her. He didn't ever want to see her face again. He did not ever want her to mention her name again. He did not want her anywhere on her boardwalk and to get rid of her. Unwilling to face losing his wife and her money, Costa agrees. But how will Deirdre react? <sighs> In the days after the fight, Costa works hard to make things right with his wife, and Lisa's worst fears subside. She feels like she has her husband back and starts to feel a bit more secure in the relationship. By November 1st, it seems as if things are finally getting back to normal between them when there's a knock at the door of Lisa's office. She turns around to discover a young man pointing a gun at her. Is he just a desperate kid from the street making a quick hit-and-run burglary? Or... Is this part of a much more twisted plot? In early November 1989, Costa Fotopoulos is deeply involved in a frenzied affair with Deirdre Hunt, a voluptuous young woman with a criminal past. Costa is enraptured by Deirdre. He can't get enough of her. A week after Costa's wife Lisa confronts him about it, an armed gunman turns up at her office. Terrified, Lisa shouts for help. And as she started screaming, he attempted to shoot her. But when her attacker pulls the trigger, nothing happens. The only thing that saved her life that day was that a gun jammed. And she somehow was able to scurry out and went next door screaming. The kid flees past her, and Lisa immediately calls the cops. But by the time they arrive to take a statement, the gunman is nowhere in sight. 
when the police arrived to interview her, Costa Fotopoulos was there with her. When the questioning starts, Lisa has a surprising revelation for the police and for Costa. She recognized the young man who'd pulled the gun on her. Lisa's telling the detective, yeah, I know that guy. He used to work here. She insists she's seen him before at her husband's pool hall. She's saying, yeah, you know him. You've seen him before. He worked with you for a while. But Costa denies ever having an employee that fits her description. Police promise to investigate the incident fully. But for Lisa, it's already confirmed her conviction that the pool hall is attracting a dangerous crowd. She had voiced her objections and her displeasure with that type of business. She did not approve of a, a bar that would cater to transients and the, and the seedy part of the boardwalk people. What she doesn't realize is that her worst suspicions about the pool hall will soon come true with much more violent and bloody consequences. Barely a week ago, Costa's wife, Lisa, accused her husband of cheating on her and demanded he fire the waitress she suspects is his lover. But for Costa, breaking up proves too hard to do. And before long, he's back at Deirdre's apartment. I think he started dropping in unexpectedly. But this time, he's not the one in Deirdre's bed. The kid was just in his shorts and, and naked other than his, his underwear. Kid was so scared, he pieced his pants, and he ran out the front door without his clothes. Costa takes out his jealous fury on Deirdre. I said, well, what did Deirdre do? And he said, I took care of her, too. I taught her a lesson. The incident has proven his deeply held belief that she's been cheating all along, making a fool out of him. He had put her up there and told her not to have anyone come over. She'd have the transients and the kids on the boardwalk would come over and hang out. They'd smoke, they'd drink, and eventually uh, Deidre would have sex with some of them. In Costa's mind, you're an object and I own you. To think that somebody he's sleeping with is being with other people, that's a very enraging idea. Eventually, Deirdre manages to soothe Costa's anger by telling him that he's the only man she really wants. But is she ready to completely surrender to his control? November 4th, 1989. It's a still night in the Photopolis's elite Daytona Beach neighborhood. Only the porch lights glow from the extravagant homes whose residents have turned in for the evening. But at 4.54 a.m., a frantic call crackles through to 911, shattering the quiet of the peaceful night. 911, The cops rush to the Photopolis home. They can hear screaming inside the house. So the police start calling, come out, come out. They don't know what they've got inside. Officers make their way towards the upstairs bedroom and discover Costa sitting on the bed. He's cradling his wife, Lisa, in his lap. Lisa is covered with blood. She's been shot in the head. Miraculously, she's still alive. She's in agony with blood spilling out of her head onto the pillow. But as police move in to help Lisa, they make a gruesome discovery. The couple isn't alone. There's a man at her foot of her bed. 
He's dead. He's got multiple holes in him from having been shot. Lisa is rushed to the hospital. Costa is by her side, covered in his wife's blood. Investigators then turn their attention to the intruder lying dead on the floor. He's identified as Brian Chase, who was one of the teenagers who'd been hanging around Costa's business on the boardwalk. Brian had come here a few weeks earlier, and very quickly he started associating with some of the hustlers. It looks like Lisa's premonitions about the pool hall crowd have finally come true. At the hospital, a distraught Costa is rooted to his wife's bedside. Officers ask him to piece together what happened. Costa says he was sleeping when suddenly a loud noise snapped him awake. He wakes up to the gunshot, and he wakes up, sees the bad guy with a handgun. He saw the silhouette of a man standing up. He says what happened next is a blur. He acted without thinking. Reached for his gun and began firing. And he shoots in self-defense or in defending his property and defending his wife. After killing the intruder, Costa called the police. This man was a hero. This was being reported, this hero, husband, saves wife by shooting assailant who breaks into house. And police cannot find any clear motive for the attack. But back at the Photopolis house, investigators notice something odd as they walk through the crime scene. You know, your typical run-of-the-mill burglary uh, is where someone breaks into the house and wants to steal valuables and get in and get out. In this instance, the burglar goes all the way upstairs in the far left bedroom, bypassing all kinds of silverware, other valuable items. He goes to the second floor and goes directly to where Lisa and Costa are sleeping. It seems as if the bedroom was the intruder's only destination. And once inside that room, the gunman makes an inexplicable decision. Instead of shooting the man, he shoots the woman on the opposite side of the bed. The facts don't add up to an armed robbery. Instead, it seems like Lisa was the intended target of yet another young gunman. Someone out there clearly wants her dead. But who? It's been over three months since Costa Fotopoulos started sleeping with his young employee, Deirdre Hunt. He's tried to sever ties for the sake of his marriage, but the affair is spinning out of control. And now his wife, Lisa, clings to life after being shot in the head by a home intruder. Lisa stays in the trauma center for a month with a bullet still lodged in her brain. And her husband, Costa, is always by her side. As the days go on, eventually, the medical community tells us that she's going to be fine and that they're not going to operate and allow the bullet to remain in her head because it, it has not damaged any brain matter parts. But her miraculous survival raises serious concerns about her safety because it seems the intruder who shot her may not have been a burglar after all. It looks more like he was a hired assassin. With no idea why anyone would want her dead, 
and worried she could still be a target, police step up security at the hospital. It literally was a scene out of a Godfather movie. It was such intense and such um, compassion for her. And, and here's this sweet young Greek girl who never heard her fly, who no one ever had anything bad to say uh, about. And here she is, the victim of, uh, of a shooting episode. Investigators dig for leads among Daytona Beach's riffraff, finally stirring up an informant. The police receive a call from a man on the beach at a phone booth. The caller is identified as J.R. Taylor, an acquaintance of the dead intruder, Brian Chase, and a regular at the pool hall. Police bring him in for questioning. JR's information will take this case in a much darker direction. He claims the gunman was carrying out orders to kill Lisa, and that the mastermind was Deirdre. The caller says Deirdre has been recruiting killers. She's been trying to hire someone to kill Lisa. And he has proof. JR immediately tells the police that he was offered $10,000 to kill Lisa, and that was done by Deidre Hunt. JR didn't take the money, but believes that Brian Chase did. Finally, police have a solid suspect. It's the first time detectives have heard of Deirdre Hunt, but when they run a background check, it turns out she's well known in the boardwalk underworld. She had been a prostitute, that she had been involved in another shooting. She was the Pied Piper of the gang that she ran with. She was a good little con girl. But they still have no idea why Deirdre would want Lisa dead. Before they can bring her in for questioning, she pulls a bold move and comes to them first. Word got back to Deidre that we were asking a lot of questions. And she went to law enforcement first to uh, get her story out. On November 7th, 1989, the detectives take Deirdre's statement. You have the right to remain silent. We get into the room, we turn on the video camera, and she says she wants to talk to us. And what did he say and what did you say? She starts off uh, talking about the money that was offered to JR, the money that was offered to um, the other boy. She admits she approached the boys about shooting Lisa, and when the police ask why, she lays her cards down. She's been having an affair with Lisa's husband, Costa. And the story is basically from start to finish, how she met Costa. But according to the brunette seductress, this tale of lust and adultery has a new and even darker twist. It wasn't Deirdre who wanted Lisa dead so she could take her husband. It was Costa himself who ordered the hit on his wife. He said he wanted to kill his wife for the money. She talks about the fact that a great deal of insurance money through the death of Lisa and that he was a benefactor of the uh, insurance policy. He was like, well, I want her dead. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? He goes, just find someone. And the game plan was kill Lisa, and Deidre and Costa will go off, 
happily ever after with all that money and live a great life together. That's the motivation for it. It's as simple as that. Deirdre claims she's been too afraid of Costa to come forward before now, but she needs the police to understand she's not the one at fault. Why should she take the blame for creating this whole scenario when Costa is the guy who's, who's in charge? <sighs> Given Deirdre's shady past and long list of prior convictions, can police take her shocking allegations against Costa seriously? Could he really be behind a plot to kill his wife? A few hours later, Costa is brought to the police station to give his side of the story. When Costa comes in for his interview, he denies everything. Why do you think people would rumor that you would try to knock your wife off? No, sir. He says that this is pure fantasy. He had nothing to do with it. Uh, he's incredulous at it. We're insane to think that he could have anything to do with it. Costa claims Deirdre is making the whole story up to cover her own guilt. As far as Costa's concerned, he is a hero who shot the man who came into his home to rob him. Police are confident that Costa and Deirdre are lovers, but at this point, they have no solid evidence that either are killers. Then Deirdre drops a bombshell so shocking it turns this love triangle drama into something unimaginably sinister. All of a sudden, she says, oh, by the way, she literally puts her hands up with her cigarette in one hand. Says, we killed a kid out in the, in the woods two weeks ago. At that moment, I almost fell back in my chair. The sultry barmaid claims that Costa forced her to execute the man as part of a vicious rite of passage. One night that he was talking about initiation into this stupid group. He said he was a member of the hunter-killer club. He wanted Deidre to become a member of the club, and for her initiation, Deidre would have to kill someone. This gruesome story seems too far-fetched to be true. The first instinct I had was, this girl's nuts. Now, Mike, where do I do with it? But Deidre has an even bigger claim for police. Deidre told investigators of the existence of a videotape that showed her actually shooting and killing. Is Deirdre just trying to paint Costa as a psychopathic killer to get the heat off herself? Or is there really a videotape that exposes a sick cult of murder and reveals who shot Lisa? Deirdre Hunt has been having a torrid affair with pool hall owner Costa Fotopoulos. But their passionate relationship isn't what has authorities' attention now. Police believe they may have just uncovered a sadistic web of sex, greed, and multiple cold-blooded murders. Deirdre says it was all Costa's idea to have Lisa killed so he could get all her money. His mistress insists she was only going along with it out of fear for her own life. She says Costa loves to kill, and there's a videotape to prove it. Video camera was on. It was probably one of the first videotape murder that ever occurred in the United States. Police confront Costa about the rumored snuff tape. 
He didn't admit to anything. He comes across very arrogant, very egotistical, like he is not worthy of this type of treatment, and it's beneath him for you to ask him questions and interrogate him in such a fashion. Police obtain a search warrant for the Photopolis' home to look for the tape. I'm desperate for that videotape, like a shark smelling blood. Uh, and I want that videotape. And in the garage, cops believe they've hit the jackpot. Looked up at about an eight-foot shelf. And on that shelf was a brown camera bag. There's something in that bag. There's a cassette in here. Back at the state's attorney's office, they play the tape. After a couple of seconds, you see Deidre Hunt standing there, and he is tied to a tree that's parallel to the ground with his arms behind him. I watched her walk up to him and raise her hand and immediately fire three gunshot rounds right into his chest. She then goes to his head. She puts her left hand up on his head, takes his hair by her hand, yanks it, puts a gun right to his head, and puts a four shot in. He falls. But the key evidence on the tape is what you don't see. The tape itself shows Deidre following orders from an unidentified person off camera. You hear her say, uh, don't shine that in my eyes. Don't shine it on my eyes, shine it down. And you hear those, some words behind it. Come close, I can see you. And it's got this distinctive Greek accent. The tape links Costa to one murder and adds real weight to Deirdre's claims he's involved in the attempted plot to kill his wife, Lisa. On November 8th, 1989, police charge Deirdre Hunt with the murder of the man on the tape. Having helped police get to Costa, the news comes as a shock to the seductive waitress. She said, well, can I leave now? I said, no, Deirdre, I said, you're going to be arrested. And she looked up at me. I almost felt like I was being seduced. But I told you everything. I said, yes, you've told me everything, and I appreciate it. I said, but I'm going to have to arrest you. You're going to be charged with murder. Deidre Hunt cried. That was her only reaction. She cried. The initiation video makes it crystal clear that Costa has no problem ordering up cold-blooded murder. And JR, the friend of the dead hitman, backs up Deirdre's claim that it was Costa who is behind the attempt on Lisa's life. With both Deirdre and JR on record saying he's the mastermind, police have enough to arrest Costa. Costa couldn't divorce Lisa. Lisa was going to divorce Costa, and when that happened, either way, he got nothing. Kill Lisa, and he gets what he thinks is a million-dollar-plus insurance policy. Get divorced and go back to washing dishes. It's a no-brainer. Kill your wife. On October 25th, 1990, the case against Costa goes to trial. Prosecutors confirm there was an intruder at the Photopolis home on the night of Lisa's attack, but he wasn't working alone. Costa goes down, leaving his sleeping wife down to the dining room. He then opens a sliding glass door where Brian is standing and lets him in. Costa leads Brian up the staircase towards the bedroom. 
kid just walked in. He gave him a gun to shoot Lisa in the head. Brian then puts the gun to the head while Costa watches, fires. He goes to fire a second shot at jams. Brian says to Costa, now what do I do? Costa knows what to do. He grabbed a weapon he kept by his bedside. Costa starts blasting him with his gun. Brian falls at the foot of the bed. Dead men tell no tales. A jury believes Costa arranged for Lisa's murder so he could run off with Deirdre and save the cost of divorce. Costa would, would have nothing had he divorced Lisa. Absolutely nothing, because he had nothing going into the marriage. He would have had even less going out. And they find him guilty. On September 13th, 1990, Deirdre Hunt is also found guilty. I think Deidre planted the seed in Costa to provide him with a better life uh, than the one he was having with Lisa. She provided that excitement, that titillation, that intrigue of having a more sexual life. The one bright spot in this dark and twisted story is that Lisa makes a full recovery. Lisa now is happily married, has a wonderful man. They have a great life together. It goes to show you that in the end, there's always a silver lining to a bad story. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Nickelodeon was kid everything, but that marked one of the darkest chapters. Three predators worked at Nickelodeon. It made me wonder who was being hurt. Quiet on set, an ID true crime event, Sunday, March 17th at 9, on ID and stream on Max.